0: Uh, We get to talk about something that I'm pretty sure a big chunk of our listeners might not know about, but for government document geeks like you and me, okay, this is like Christmas. This is like Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Easter all rolled up into one.
1: I will put to you that when it is called the nation's most treasured publication, (laughs) That that really is, it really is true in terms of librarians, but also in terms of historians and political scientists and other people who want to know what came before. Um, And what we are talking about, listeners, is the serial set. So one of the things that we're going to try to do this semester is we're going to try to mix in some old school documents because we did that a couple of semesters ago with the commission reports. Yes, we're going to try to bring back some, some documents that um, maybe people don't know about or they don't know exactly what's in them, and and tell you what's going on with that. So,
0: what well, in serial? Set, let's, yeah, let's be It literate. has a
1: real name.
0: Yes. Yeah, okay. But but listeners, when we say serial. We're not talking about what you might eat, okay, um, with milk in the morning. We're talking about
1: the librarian word meaning um, multi volume. Yeah, multi volume. S -S E R I A L as opposed to C E R E A L, which is the stuff that you eat. Yes.
0: Um, And its official name, okay, is the United States Congressional Cereal Set, okay. Um, and its first publication was with the 15th Congress in 1817, okay? So again, listeners, we're going back
1: a couple centuries, okay? Um, And And can I interrupt briefly? Yes. Okay, so 1817, and you say to yourself, wait, but there was stuff before then, There was stuff before then it's called the american state papers we're not going to do an episode on that unless somebody requests one Um, the american state papers gather from 1789 to 1838 and they are the original like they're from the original congresses but they are they're not organized the same way Augie's going to tell you more about the organization of the serial set the american state papers are organized basically by department. Um, foreign relations, Indian affairs, finances, naval yes. affairs, public lands, right? They're sort of gathered in that way. Um, <clears throat> and they are th- they're only 38 volumes. They're, they're not a huge number. It took a while for people to say, hey, you know, wait, we should have a, a, a more in-depth history of what we do, and we should gather those documents somewhere so that future generations can look back and read, and that's when you get the the, the, the serial set.
0: Yeah, the serial set, is, um, and, and it's uh, also uh, sometimes um, referred to, particularly by people who work in Congress, okay, as the House and Senate reports, okay? Um, so that's, that's a
1: large part of what makes them up. That, Although there's a, other stuff in there.
0: Yes. So what we're talking about with the serial set is a 14,000 bound volumes. <laughs> okay? And I said that correctly.
1: 14,000,
0: okay? Um uh, uh which is and, why
1: uh, a lot of libraries don't have the print volumes because 14,000 is a lot yes. to put and on the a- shelf
0: yeah you're talking about a, a rather large storage capacity okay right. um they the do cereal- have them at
1: uva if you're wondering in virginia
0: yes they the do regional
1: library, the regional libraries almost all have serial sets yes so if wherever whatever state you're living in um in north carolina that would be unc in virginia that would be uva um, it's not always at a university sometimes it's at a state library Yes, it is also the depository library and by depository we mean part of a larger program where the government sends them a free copy of certain books that they keep so that locally, you can read it because that's. <laughs> if you live in Hawaii getting to DC to read a volume would be super almost impossible. Yes. Which is why the University of Hawaii, I think it's the University of Hawaii, is a depository. They get stuff sent to them, and then it's there for their local population to look at.
0: And, and think about it in these terms. This is one of those good things that the government does. Yes. Right? Because we're talking about the transfer and the trans, transmittance of knowledge. Right. Right.
1: And transparency, um, government transparency. Yeah, okay. What the heck are they doing over there in Washington? We don't yes. know because we live in Hawaii. And think about a hundred years ago, we live in Hawaii and there's no way to fly there. Like it's not a thing.
0: So, and and these reports did not become known as the serial set until the late 1800s. Okay, particularly 1895, when a decision was made. Um, to actually put the numbers of the report on the spine of each volume. <laughs> yep.
1: Okay. Yeah. We, you know, like 80 years in, somebody thought, hey, shouldn't these be numbered?
0: <laughs> so that's why for those of you, pre, you know, who look for the serial sets and you come upon a volume pre-1895, it may, you may find the volume number, handwritten, handwritten
1: on the spine, okay? With a marker. Like, no kidding. Augie's not kidding. Like, with a a pencil or a marker or a pen or something. Because I was doing
0: some of the, I was doing research for the episode, Nia, and I actually came across photos, okay, of where you could tell. And and in some cases, whatever librarian who was tasked okay, with, you know, maintaining the serial set. I mean, some of them actually like use calligraphy and other kinds right. of fancy writing, right? But others, okay, you could tell, you know, somebody was just like, oh yeah, this is from, you know, 1883, okay, and you know, and it's big block printing, right, and you're like, wow, we've come so far in regards yes. to, you know, how <laughs> we present this. Okay. And
1: the new volumes are printed on there, the yes. the government yeah. publishing office, which used to be government printing office, because the government printing office for years and years was called the government printing office because there was no other kind of publishing. Yes, there was yes. only print. And yes. then it, uh, not too desperately long ago, they changed over to publishing because now, of course, some of what they do is online yeah. and some of the serial set is online, but some of it isn't The the law library of congress is going back and digitizing volumes but it's i mean they have to do it very carefully because you don't want to destroy the original bound volume
0: that's right While you're
1: trying to make the the digitize and you also need to make them um searchable and that takes a lot longer that's a different kind of digitization than just taking a picture
0: yeah i mean this is in many ways a challenging technological process, right? Yes. And it requires money, and it requires um, uh, 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 the hiring of some really talented folks uh, to do this kind of work. Yep. Um, but so, what's included in the serial set? Just fascinating stuff. Okay. And Nia, stop me if I, you know, touch upon something that you would like to discuss in more depth. Hold on just a second. it's one of those things about recording live
1: <laughs> um, it's like every once in a while somebody needs to cough
0: yes um you know the but uh, the, i
1: can see augie and he does not have the plague uh, so we're uh, good. no
0: the, 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 this listeners was the um frog in the throat um ah. yes um those damn frogs um <laughs> always trying to Ribbit. interrupt us right Ribbit. so um it has information about okay committee reports related to bills
1: and other matters presidential communication to congress which you and i have briefly discussed that we think that the state of the union should be done by email
0: yeah <laughs> that will
1: eventually be included in the serial set if we can ever convince them to do that
0: okay treaty materials okay I mean, and think about this, um, as, as some of our listeners, particularly those of who have had the una- unfortunate experience of taking constitutional law with me well know, um, most presidents after FDR um, have not liked treaties. They rely upon executive agreements, which don't need the confirmation of the United States Senate, but pre-FDR presidents would negotiate treaties. So all treaty-related materials, okay, that presidents wanted the Senate to consider before voting, that's part of the serial set. Executive department publications, because the United States Congress was concerned that the executive branch would publish stuff And Congress would not be informed. So they required that executive branch departments convey all their publications to the United States Congress. This would be, for instance, guys, checks and balances, right? Right. So, what is the executive branch doing with the money we've given them, right? Oh, look,
1: here's a report.
0: What? You also had non-governmental publications, okay? And you might be thinking, well, what are some of these non-governmental public publications, okay? Um, so, for instance, um, where where did I go ahead and include? Uh, um, uh, oh. Annual Reports of the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts of America. The Annual Report of the Smithsonian Institution, which in a previous podcast, um, um, uh, we had one of our colleagues um, uh, come in in, in, and discuss uh, the Smithsonian, right? The Annual Report of the Daughters of the American Revolution. The Proceedings of the National Convention of the American Legion and the Proceedings of the National Convention of the Veterans of Foreign Wars, okay?
1: Right, and those are all um, those quasi-governmental, Augie's talked about that in the past, and we can go into more depth of that at some point, but there are some institutions that are both governmental and private, They're, they're a... A conglomeration of those two things, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, Smithsonian—they're—they're they're not all government, and they're not no government. They're—they're they're the in between. Well, spot. And, 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 and many of
0: these organizations that I just mentioned um, are patriotic in nature. Okay, right. they are supposed to help develop love, affection, and continued—you know—belief in the American system of governance okay, the American form of democracy, all right? But Nia, are there other, okay, important papers?
1: Well, oh my gosh, everything in there is important. Sorry, it's, <laughs> um, for me, that, for me, that was, that this was could a big be a really question. long episode because we would be talking about 14,000 volumes yes. and what's in each one. What I find fascinating is sort of the, it's not haphazard. That's too strong a word. But documents come in and out of vogue in the serial set. Yes. So you'll have, for instance, the Agriculture Yearbook, but it doesn't appear in all of them. It only appears in, in about, about 100 80. of them. Or is yeah. it 80? Yeah, about yeah, 80 of
0: them. Yeah, 1894 to 1795.
1: Right. It, it, and then the way, suddenly in, seven, in, in 1975, people were like, oh, no more agriculture. That's not true. The agriculture yearbook can be found.
0: Yes. And, and for well those beyond, you, I mean,
1: up to it, this it, year, it's still it, being it, published.
0: And Nia, what's the agricultural yearbook? What's found in the, in the agriculture Oh my gosh, yearbook? the
1: agricultural yearbook is such a fabulous thing. We should probably do an episode on it. it, it if you wonder how many soybeans the United States produced, last year it can tell you down to the bushel level like it's amazing because someone somewhere has to count all that someone somewhere has to know okay so when you go to google because let's be honest that's how you're going to look it up you go to google and you say united no you say most soybean production in the world and you get a list of countries and they tell you how many soybeans they produced the united states annual yearbook uh, excuse me, the The agricultural yearbook is the place where that number comes from for Google. Yes. Almost all of those numbers that that Google gives you about a country's um, mineral wealth or about its agricultural wealth or about its fishing habits or all those kind, come from annual reports that the government puts together because someone is required to do that. Usually when they get right authorizing, authorizing legislation for the money, yes. somebody has to give you an annual report about how you spent it. And, and did it, did it work? Did we? And, it, and it's not only required by law. Okay. There's a larger theoretical
0: purpose behind this, right? right. If you think about the enlightenment, an enlightenment era thinking is predicated on human beings being able to observe and measure the phenomenon that they experience. And if we do that, then we can better better figure out how to improve, okay, our our lives, our conditions, right? Exactly. Okay, and it flows from enlightenment era thinking. But no these are required by law, Nia. If the United States is entering into a trade deal with another country, right. the United States State Department and the office of
1: foreign trade okay um are going to need to know those numbers that's right they need to know what they're what they're negotiating over yes okay and you know making a best also barter doesn't work if you don't know what you have (laughs) yeah right right? like hey man (laughs) i'll trade you some soybeans for some corn and the person says okay how many soybeans do you have and then you say uh I'll get back to you on that, right? Well, let the, me let, let me guess. Okay, exactly. No, 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 no. Because then I have to guess how much corn I'm going to give you for it. Like that's not how that's not how that kind of thing works. Um, the Minerals Yearbook is is in their weirdly limited years to what thirty two to sixty eight. Eight, yeah. And and it's not that minerals stopped being important in sixty eight. That's not what happened. It, it's just that the different minerals that the country exports and imports changed in part because of technology. 68 is when you start to see electronics which use different kinds of minerals. So it's less important to have it in the serial set but that report still exists as well. It still comes out annually. So like that's the thing which I find fascinating about the serial set is you can see what's in the political thinking in a given set of years yes, and then sort of falls out of the political thinking. In 1975, most people were not working on farms. So the agriculture report is less important to Congress people who are representing farmers because there's fewer of them, right? So it's that kind of, of thing.
0: Or you see the creation of new federal agencies who as part of their authorizing legislation, okay, has to issue a report to the entire country. Yep. Okay. So for instance, you see this in regards to the annual reports of the public health service. Well, that's, we no longer have a quote unquote public health service. Instead, we have a surgeon general's office. We have the centers for disease control. And then we have a standalone federal department, Health and and Human Services, right? So this also tracks, if you will, changes within the executive branch, right? You know, foreign relations papers lasted for 60 years until 1955. Guess what really starts to develop in the mid-1950s? The Cold War, okay? So now, just, you know, right. a, set of, a set of reports from the State Department wasn't going to cut it, right? Right. And, and also, a lot of that information during the Cold War, as we previously discussed, becomes dark or black, okay? It becomes classified. Exactly. Okay? So you're not going to
1: include that in the, quote-unquote, foreign relations papers, Okay. My favorite are the patent decisions. Well, no, yes. that's not my favorite. I'm lying. They're all my favorites. Um, the I like that the patent decisions like were only 1925 to 1953. But when you think about the highly industrialized work that starts to happen in the United States, that totally tracks. That's when...
0: Yes, yes
1: when you get an explosion of technological devices that people are trying to build and patent.
0: But again, think about what started to occur in the 1950s. As the United States begins to engage in uh, a nuclear weapons, okay, race with the the Soviet Union, okay, and then a space race, okay, A lot of these technological changes, okay, get reflected in other government documents. Right. So the patent decisions became less important to Congress, okay, than these other kinds of technological changes. It's, I mean, as we've discussed again with, you know, our our, our, our colleague, you know, uh, Hillary, right? Hillary Miller, right? Um, You know, patents are still important today but they became less important to various members of congress because remember the serial set okay are documents that were either submitted to congress or congress thought was important
1: and that's that right there that phrase that that's the key phrase which is that congress thought was important and should be preserved in a unified yes. fashion Yes, it's not that Congress doesn't think the other stuff is important, but for but their unified gathering of these documents—that's the point of the serial set—is that it gathers them in one spot, as opposed to you having to hunt them down in various different places. All of those things still exist in within the agencies or the agencies of agencies, because remember the Department of War became the Department of Defense, right? So,
0: yes. And, and, so and within departments of de- are agencies, right? Right. Okay. And, and some agencies are better at. At preserving things than
1: others. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> which much to the long-term <laughs> aggravation of the government publishing office, which yeah, is tasked right. by law with publishing, government documents and so they send out notices to the agencies and say hey if you have stuff we need to get it because we need to send it out and agencies don't reply and there is no enforcement it's too bad there's not a publishing enforcement office that could like shut down your agency (laughs) until you gave them your reports for the year that would be really cool no more money for you don't come to work until you give us a report armed
0: individuals okay with you know that would staple, shut down the
1: building and
0: with staple guns okay, that's right. and highlighters who are like, like
1: we will need your annual reports please yeah. <laughs> yeah i'll dress all in black with sunglasses be awesome
0: well and in, 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 by the way listeners if it seems like we're beating up on executive branch agencies that's not our intent yeah no. even congress okay is is and, and, and again, this is the, one of the fascinating things about the serial set, right?
1: Yeah, what's not in it is just as interesting as what's in it. In it,
0: and in a lot of times, the House in the Senate is not good. They, they haven't been good at preserving and maintaining what they've done. Okay, um, you know, because again, the House and Senate reports, okay, um, are a designated class of publications which congressional committees formally report and make recommendations to the senate or the house concerning what they've done but it's not a full report of what the committees do okay right um
1: so so what's not in there are things like debates congressional debates. Texts of the hearings. A lot of times, are not in there. Middle although some resolutions, are. hearings, although okay. some are because if yes. something is big enough, like for instance, the the Clinton Lewinsky scandal hearings are in there. Iran yes. Contra is in there, um, right? So sometimes it there is something in there. Teapot Dome scandal is in there, right? Yes. Those things <laughs> that are that are reported, like so. Part of it is. I know it seems like it's arbitrary, but what it is is that if Congress thinks that something is potentially nation-altering or history-altering, they yes. will include it in some way. For instance, the Titanic. They held hearings about the failure of the Titanic. Guess which committee did that, Augie? Can you name the committee that did that?
0: Uh, um, no, I don't know.
1: It is the Committee on Commerce because... If you're going to have people oh, going yes. back and forth across the, yes. right? Like people is commerce. And yes. so the commerce held hearings because they wanted to know if this was going to happen again. Is this, is this going to keep happening? Because yeah. that's terrible, right? Yep, that so makes that's sense. that's actually included. But then other things aren't included. Like, because part of it is that they have to decide whether to include in the time. And they don't have the historical um knowledge that you have when you look back 20 years and say oh they probably should have included that hearing because it turned out to be hugely important at the time they held the hearing and didn't know it was important and so they didn't include it so and and and, that's why it's a good thing that all these documents are also in other places because if a scholar finds out they exist they can go find them
0: yeah i mean think of this as the,
1: the highlight reel the serial sets uh, uh, sort of the highlight, the thing.
0: highlight reel, uh, the, uh, I'm glad you <laughs> you described it that way because it really does show it. It chronicles listeners how or what was important um, uh, uh, throughout our country's history, um, and um, it doesn't capture everything, but it really gives you a sense of the changing interests, passions, points of focus for the United States Congress, right? And, um,
1: and yeah. it, it, um, I, it also includes odd, <laughs> like <laughs> stuff that you think, why in the world? Okay, what it doesn't include, it does not include presidential proclamations or executive orders, but it does include the economic report of the president which, by the way, takes up like 64 volumes each time. It's not really 64. It's like three or four volumes because it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. And, it, and it's its, own, its in the serial set. Sometimes what you get are individual volumes that are a thing. And so yeah. you'll get an individual numbered volume that is the economic report of the president, right? But things like vetoes are all in there because it's really important when, to Congress when the president vetoes what they... What they've sent across again, your checks and balances, yes, thing, which I think is is fascinating, one of the more fascinating. But can I talk about a little thing that's in there that well, it's not a little thing, but it's a it big to me. Um, that makes me excited about the when people say, oh, it's all boring and it's all blah blah blah. So anybody who's ever been to D.C. has heard of L'Enfant Plaza. Yes and it's named for Pierre L'Enfant who was the architect of the city of Washington and he he asked Jefferson so he was impl- he was appointed by Washington who i'm sure took him to this swampy mess and said see it's going to make a great city and i'm <laughs> sure he thought to himself you are a nutcase no but, it ain't <laughs> but nobody ever said that to George Washington you're a nutcase sir um, yes. So he asked Jefferson, he said, can I get from you maps and data from London, Madrid, Paris, Amsterdam, Naples, Venice, and Florence. Now notice three of those are Roman cities, right? Naples, Venice, and Florence. It's yes. the enormous influence that yes. you can see in Washington, D.C. of the Roman Write the columns and the big, tall buildings and the whole, like, we will make it edifice um, But all of those plans are in the serial set. Yes. Because somebody said to themselves, this is going to be really important for scholars one day. They're going to want to know what we were doing when we planned this city. And at the time, I think Washington said, only St. Petersburg outstrips this city in terms of capital cities of Nations because it's been so deeply planned. Yes. Park system, the streets. He knew early on that he wanted streets going in one direction to be alphabetical, and streets going in the other direction to be numerical. miracle Yes. So, like the whole thing is just, it, and it's amazing. It's really cool, and you can look at all his maps and read his 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 notes and.
0: And again, this reflects Enlightenment era thinking, because, you know, the the architect. Was just like, what can we learn from the best constructed cities of the world?
1: Right, Capitals. and the most beautiful. Yes, and the most beautiful. We want beautiful cities.
0: Yes, we want we want the citizens of this country to be proud of its capital, like citizens of capital cities around the world. Right, you know, are proud of, take ownership of. And 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 again, this reflects Enlightenment era thinking. We can observe what others have done, okay, or what's going on, and then we can decide what to change, what to improve, what to keep, okay, etc. Um, yeah, I mean, th- th- it is fascinating. Um, um, uh, uh, Nia, you mentioned in, uh, in our notes in preparation for this episode, the Louisiana Purchase, right? Right. In um, um, the letter that Jefferson wrote to basically tell the United States Congress, <laughs> I've already negotiated this deal. I basically <laughs> now want you guys to pay for it, right? It, to me, that's just remarkable, right? To have that recorded Okay, because there's no interpretation there. I mean, Jefferson basically went ahead and did this. And what's truly remarkable is Jefferson was a president before he became president, okay, was extremely skeptical and fearful of national government power, but in particular, presidential power until he became president. Okay, I mean, it's a really fascinating example of Miles' Law, right? Where you stand is where you sit. Okay. <laughs> because if you're not president, you're like, yeah, we got to be concerned about the president exercising too much power. But then when you become president, you're like, well, I got to do some important stuff here for the country. You know, how do we make sure that we, you know, protect our westernmost border? Well, we go ahead and buy a whole
1: bunch of land,
0: right? We make the Louisiana Purchase, right?
1: 1803, 1803, I think. Yeah, yep. Something. Yeah. Um, right, and we negotiate with France, which, of course, Jefferson loved because he loved France. Yes. Um, and was so it's that kind of thing that ends up in the serial set. And part of what a librarian will tell you that the reason that the serial set is so important is, is because it is important for a nation to gather its historical material and keep it for future generations because we never know what's going to be important to historians of the future. We don't know. When someone proposes a piece of legislation, right? We don't know if it's gonna end up being a huge pattern across their life yes. where they are they are for instance um the udalls right the 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 udall brothers who served in the congress did huge amounts of work with the interior and environment and all that kind of stuff in the 50s and 60s before it became before earth day before it became a thing they were working on that and we did at the time nobody would have known that that was going to be the arc of their legacy yes so that's part of what's so important about the serial set is it doesn't just, it's not just for political science students, it's also for historians. It's also for people who want to, as you said, see the connections that get made across a long-term set of documents. What's important, what's not important, what gets included, what doesn't get included. And for a long time, the statistical abstracts was included. And we may do an episode on the statistical abstracts because it's my single favorite document of all the documents. (laughs) If I, we used to ask, we used to, um, and I love them all, which says something to you. We used to say to people when they got hired into the government documents department where I worked at North Carolina State, what's your favorite government document and why? And for me, it was the statistical abstracts because it's tables and tables and tables. It's labor tables, it's education tables, everything. If you want to know a mathematical thing about the United States, the statistical abstracts had it in there. So if you were answering reference questions by phone on a desert island, which I don't know why you would do that, then you really, that's all you needed was the stat abs. And so I love the stat abs. But it also shows you, like, one of the things that you can track in something like the statistical abstracts is a city's population decline. Yes. So if you want to know how many people left Detroit between 1980 and 2000, the statistical abstracts will show you that. It's that kind of thing that allows us to answer these sort of sociological questions about us as a society
0: society because in again it's the difference between what we perceive and what we know right because you know the statistical abstracts measure things right right you know population increase or population decline how many people work in the medical profession versus how many people work in agriculture versus how many people work in retail, right? You know right. how many, you know, how many Americans commute five to ten miles to work every day versus 15 <laughs> to 20, right? right? Okay, these are all the kinds of things that are in the statistical abstract. Um, and you know and, and I've told reporters I'm like, you know, if you guys want to know the background on uh, a story that you're doing, okay, you know, find it, you know, go to your library or today, you know, go online and bookmark the statistic, US statistical abstracts. Right. Okay. Because you can verify, you can learn, you can know, you can write informed questions. Of you know uh, elected officials, government officials, people involved in stories, you can ask informed inqu- questions because of the statistical abstracts.
1: And they you know, were in there from nineteen uh, from eighteen seventy nine to nineteen seventy six. Six, yes. Like that's a lot of years. Yes. And for it's interesting you come at it from such a professional point of view. Of you can ask these intelligent questions of of whereas i come at it from a storytelling point of view that those numbers tell a story those numbers it as you see agriculture people in agriculture stop working in agriculture and the rise of other of other jobs that tells a story that tells a story about the american experience and what who we are as a people Sorry, I will wax poetic for days if we allow. More. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, it, it, but really, i it, that's why I love the serial set, because I think that it, it, ref- it, it tells a very long, involved story about the United States. Yes. And are there things missing? Absolutely. There are things that are missing. There are things that we don't in- have a lot of storytelling of racial problems in this country. We don't have a lot of storytelling um, of our native population uh, and the things that happened with our native population. Um, so there there are some gaps. I'm not suggesting that it's in any way perfect because it's not. Um,
0: but even the
1: gaps. Tell a story.
0: Tell a story. <laughs> yep. OK, I mean, because, you know, listeners, me nee and I have mentioned this a couple of times during this episode. OK, what in part fascinates both of us about the serial set is what's not included or what was included for the periods of time that it was, okay? Um, Nia, uh, before we conclude this episode, can you guess, okay, what feature of the serial set, okay, um, uh, first exposed me or turned me on to the value of the serial set? Oh my gosh. I have no idea. I took an undergraduate class in public administration at the University of Pittsburgh. And one of our assignments, okay, was to, we had a list of things that we could pick and we had to go find them, okay, um, in the government documents section of the university library. And I picked, okay, the annual budget of the United States. (laughs) And the annual budget of the United States, okay, beginning in fiscal year 1923, is included in the serial set, okay? Um, And in some of the volumes, there are actually, um, there were actually handwritten notes, okay, (laughs) Uh, of, of, uh, of changes, or the inclusion of appendices, okay, for a particular fiscal year's budget. And that just fascinated me. I was just like, um, I could not believe that there was a single source, okay, of the federal government's annual budget. Okay. Um, And for listeners who have faithfully listen to our podcast, um, you know, through the various, you know, uh, 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 the, the various years, um, you know, one of the, the, the I, in my estimation, one of the best set of episodes is where me and, and I discussed the, the budget process, right? <laughs> okay? <laughs>
1: the nightmare um, that is the budget process. The process.
0: But for those of you who are like, you know, why was Augie so enthusiastic about the US budget? It goes back to, okay, a simple assignment in a class when I was an undergrad. And I had a government documents librarian at the University of Pittsburgh who was just like, well, Mr. Ogenbaugh, let me um, uh, uh, show you. Um, an important um, uh, document and I was just like a important document okay it's the budget how freaking important can it be and she goes let me introduce you to the serial set and I was just like okay and now, there were, and there were all the
1: budgets okay? uh, see there and their house doc. they're listed as house documents I think um, the I could be wrong about that um the thing about the serial set for me is that it is one it's a history of the united states but also um i like the weird things you come across when you're looking for something else because the serial set is like early wikipedia right you're on your way to an annual budget report and you're like wait what's this volume on this and you pull (laughs) it down and you start looking and then you're like dude and you get totally sidetracked yes that's that's a that's one of the magical things about to me about if you are even
0: remotely
1: curious right it's gonna it's gonna suck you in for days (laughs) weeks months (laughs) potentially the rest of your life it's just totally fascinating now before we go, I want to mention. Want to mention, uh, many many libraries no longer have physical volumes of the serial set. Um, they're, they are coming online as they get digitized, and I will put the links for that in the research guide. Um, and there are several libraries that have done some of that work, and they're. Uh, but I mean, there's a huge number of right fourteen thousand volumes. It's going to take a while for it to all make it up there. Yes. Um, but. But do keep in mind that any library can borrow a volume for you. Yes. If there's something you want to look at, any, any they're um, almost all lendable from uh, depository libraries or they can copy out specific pages. If what you're interested in is something as simple as the map of Washington versus if you want the annual report of the, you know, if you want the annual budget, you're going to need volumes. You're going to need to ask for volumes, but you can do that at your local library um, because your local librarians will be delighted to get those for you. Trust me. There's, when anybody comes up with a serial set question, it's very exciting for government documents librarians because we we're like, really, you want to play in the serial set. Excellent. Let me help you. So
0: yeah, um, folks, it, it's me excitement right now. is oh. it, It's too bad you guys <laughs> can't see it. It, it. What's comparable for me is when a student comes up to me and says, um, uh, Professor Argenbaugh, uh, do you know about Proposed regulation X coming from this department. And I'm like, well, let's go look in the Federal Register. Okay. Yeah. Um to see your
1: whole world is administrative law and that's what the Federal Register is.
0: Yeah, right. And, and, and students are just like, okay, you need to really like calm down, Professor law <laughs> because this is getting a little weird.
1: This isn't right? that interesting. And you're like, oh, but wait, it is. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: right. <laughs> exactly okay.
1: that's how i feel about the serial sediment. okay like, oh. and
0: then they you know in, in the proposed role has references you know to other regulations <laughs> exactly. and i'm like oh let's go look at those other regulations exactly and like, no 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 i just want to go i want to <laughs> know about x and i'm like oh do really? you really only want to know about x okay do you really
1: All okay right. <laughs> oh my goodness we invite you listeners to um to play around with your local cereal set wherever you are and uh if you don't have access like i said i'll put up the links yes thank you augie i love the cereal set so thank you for for talking to me about it
0: oh no i mean uh i when, when uh, months ago you went ahead and said can we talk about the cereal set i was just like oh yes for days, sure. <laughs> for days right um, but but uh, fortunately for you all listeners, uh, we, we kept it to about 40 to 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> but again, uh, like Nia just mentioned, um, uh, strongly encourage uh, uh, you to explore the Serial Set. It does tell a story about the country um, and it's fascinating um, uh, what we have collected, what we have observed, measured, the, the reports, um, it, it's, it, 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 it is a fascinating history. It's yes. magic. Yep.
1: Thank you, Augie.
0: Thank you, Nia. You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries.